The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Nikki Spagnola. And it is Cowboys Wednesday here at the Star in Frisco. This is Mick Shots inside the SWBC, uh, SWBC podcast studio. It's brought to you by Miller Lite, Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, and it will be Everson Walls in a matter of minutes. In a moment. In a moment. Okay, do you think when he was with the Giants – and could he call ahead and say he was running 10 minutes late? And how would Parcells react to that? Hey, that be on time. Reminds me <laughs> of uh, the summer that Keyshawn Johnson was with the Cowboys for the uh-huh. first time. And he had gone to Santa Barbara to see his daughter in a Michael Jordan basketball camp. Okay. It was a Sunday. Uh-huh. Well, he didn't realize that on Sunday the traffic on – uh, the Pacific Coast Highway uh, is backed up going back towards L.A., and he was in a traffic jam, and he knew he was going to be late for uh, the team meeting at uh-huh. 6 o'clock. He called Bill, and he goes, got no shot of getting there, Coach. He goes, whatever the fine is, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well. We don't find people. No, we don't. We don't. So, But we Await the arrival of Everson right. Walls. He will make a grand entrance here shortly. Cowboys have a later schedule than what we are accustomed to on Wednesdays. And I assume that's because of the Sunday night game. It's given him a little extra time. Yes. Uh, I think Mike made reference to trying to keep uh, get the guys off their feet as much as they can because of the late arrival. I mean, I didn't put my head down on a pillow and I didn't play in the game till 5 o'clock in the morning on Monday. Uh, so, so that does not count as a full day of rest for the team. Not really, Means. because I'm sure they had sick call and then they had a meeting. And uh, Tuesday was the day off, but I think he's just kind of trying so to so push he, it Basically, back. instead of a 325 kickoff, it was, a, it was four hours later. So you just push the schedule back on Wednesday four hours, <laughs> there you basically, go. is what, yeah. what it amounts to. Get, get them off their feet. Let them cooperate. cooperate cooper, okay. Recuperate. So the Mike McCarthy press conference coming up later this afternoon, our availability with the players later this afternoon. And as they get set to uh, face these New York Jets, and uh, it will be interesting to see um, – what the Jets have, as they we know they won't have Aaron Rodgers when uh, they come here on uh, Sunday afternoon. But um, I'd like to get into it a little bit after Everson gets here, just how equipped this Jets team is to win games without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But first off, let's just but get – they already won a game And, and they did. Him, right? I mean, there was proof positive right there against a team that some people, meaning me, <laughs> picked to be in the Super Bowl this year. Oh, no. One person, meaning me, picked Josh Allen to be the MVP of the league. Didn't get off to a great start. start, (laughs) Uh, I I wanted to tell you this. So uh, because of the way uh, the Jets won the game, Xavier Gibson with the punt return, 64 yards in overtime for the touchdown and finding out he was a local 
a local guy. Yep. It uh, uh, motivated me last night to go watch the last three episodes of Hard Knocks. Okay. Wanted to see if he was kind of part of it at any point. Yes, he was. Well, he was. Mm -hmm. I was surprised somewhat, but it was a storyline, undrafted, rookie, wide receiver, he and... Um, the other guy's name was it was it Brownlee, was the, uh, Jason Brownlee. Yes. Uh, so they were kind of buds. They kind of hung out together because they were both in the same boat. Did right? I tell you what my daughter did as soon as he returned the punt for a touchdown? She texted me, and it was OMG, oh, my God, that's Gibson. I loved him on Hard Knocks. Right. See, so <laughs> I, I went and watched it. So we got to the last episode where they were showing the cuts, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, Brownlee gets called in first. And they, they kind of screwed with them and then finally told them, okay, you made the team. Well, here comes Gibson. He goes in. He's with Joe Doug Douglas and Robert Sala, uh, the head coach, the GM. And they started going on and on. He goes, hey, man, you did everything. I understand how you got here. You weren't drafted. It was a long shot. You gave us the best effort. He goes, but this is a business, and we got only 53 guys to make it. And you can see the kid dying on the couch, right? And they're just they're just killing him. <laughs> and, 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 and he goes, and, you know, we only can keep 53 guys in – you're one of them. You're a New York Jet. And I thought he was just going to pass out. And it was. It Plus, was, he had it. He said and it was the longest 20 minute drive ever. To, right. Because he had his meet. They, they right. told him, come come to the office. Yeah. 20 minute drive away. It was it was really good. And and you, you had to love the kid. Right. Just the way he acted, just the way he interacted with the team during during that whole deal. And I didn't realize that, you know, somebody knew about him. Uh, prior to the punt return. And, and he, uh, you know, he really did a lot in four years at Stephen F. Austin. He was a, um, in fact, he was uh, recruited as a cornerback. He played cornerback in high school at Woodrow Wilson and uh, probably played offense as well. Uh, I, I uh, actually called his high school coach, um, Bobby Estes, who's now at Thomas Jefferson. By the way, the Cowboys did a great thing yesterday. It was a, a lot of the rookies. Charles Haley was there. Uh, Charlotte Jones was there. Uh, they dedicated a new football field at Thomas Jefferson oh, High really? School in okay. Dallas. Uh, their school and the facilities got that, ruined by, by, the, by the tornado, tornado, which happened during that Sunday night Cowboys game uh, a few years ago. And uh, so they were out there yesterday, had a field dedication. But I talked to his old high school coach, and you know they have they have morning practices, and uh, so. He said he went to bed at halftime of the game. Oh, but, no. <laughs> but he had two sons who played with Zay Gibson at Woodrow Wilson. And so he got a call from one of them at 1015 Monday night waking him up saying, Dad, Dad, did you see Zay? <laughs> and then his other, his other son calls about 10 minutes later, wakes him up again, just falling back asleep. Hey, Dad, Dad, did you see Zay? <laughs> yeah, I'm aware of it. So yeah. anyway, his phone was ringing off the hook. Pretty, pretty good story. And speaking of undrafted, undrafted free, free agents. <laughs> who uh, arrived uh, early in his NFL career despite being an undrafted free agent. Everson Walls is here. We're talking about way too much fun without me. Bro. Yeah, we're What's we're talking on? about Xavier Gibson, the pride of Woodrow Wilson High go, School. Baby. With the I punt just played return golf with someone that went to his high school. Just Tim came Brown? from the Charles Hayden. No, <laughs> <laughs> just a peon. <laughs> just a guy. Well, he was on my golf team. Yep. And he went to Woodrow Wilson. We were at the Charles Haley 
golf tournament at the uh, Cowboys course today. Good. All right. Mm-hmm. So did we ask you this, how you found out you made the team? Uh, the Cowboys? We were just yeah. telling the story on uh, Hard Knocks. How he found out because they, they played him on Hard Knocks. Uh, the GM and the head coach, they called uh, him into the office. You know, That's you're an undrafted so free cool. agent. No, we, we knew um, when we came, they just said, you know, no one came to the room at all to say I made the team. Once we went to the meeting, then Tom Landry was there and he said, this is what we're going with. And that mm-hmm. was it. That's how I knew. Like, because you were in the meeting, that meant yes, you made it? Yes, that meant you because, made it. Because you didn't get called into another meeting, that's, a one-on-one meeting. We didn't get called out. Yeah, that's right. So and when you meeting. said they didn't come to the room, did they do this in training camp or once no, you they got did back this, here? No, I remember it was the Twin Sixties Oh, hotel. you were staying in the hotel. The Twin Sixties Hotel. They put us all up there. And I remember when we came to the meeting, we knew how many DBs were going to make the team because we were all counting stuff. And we walked into the room, and there was the same amount of DBs as it was before the last preseason game. Okay. And so we're like, hey, something's going on. It's too many people, too many DBs. <laughs> and by the time the meeting was over, there was one less DB, but we didn't know it until the meeting was over. They had come and tapped Aaron Mitchell <laughs> on his shoulder and told him, you're going to Tampa. Mm. And that's how we found out so that got traded. this is what we're going So with. they traded to make room for they you and Downs. They traded to make huh? me and Downs. And I remember, as a matter of fact, Tom didn't say anything. It was when we broke off into our own section, our own uh, uh, you know, DB section, that uh, that's when Gene Stallings said, this is what we're going with. Tom Landry never said, hey, congratulations. You guys have this confused with, with normalcy. <laughs> this was not how we did it back in the day. It was as crude as ever. Always crude. There was nothing delicate about anything. They didn't say anything until we sat in the, the DB meeting room at that time, and we looked around, and Mitch was gone. Aaron Mitchell was gone. And that's how we knew Tom, uh, uh, Gene Stallin said, okay, guys, this is what we're going with. They, see, they didn't have cameras in the room. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't have to play to the cameras. No, no hard knocks not, or anything. Right. Yeah. No. Very Everson, unser- you know what? Un- very, very unceremonial. That's what I can say. Everson, you Kinda did like such a good was. job. Like you, you played hard, but we no. only have this many spots. Nope. nope. And you made it. Yeah, none of that. None, like, none of the congratulations. None of that. It was almost as if. Gene Stallings was pissed that this is what he was left with. <laughs> so was, you had two undrafted free agents and me and Michael Downs. You had uh, Ron Fellows, who was a seventh-round draft pick, like 7A. Mm-hmm. And then you had Dennis Thurman. So, come on. Would you be happy with that group, not knowing what the heck was going on? <laughs> Gene was like, I am freaking cursed here. And the way he came to us was like, okay, this is what we're going with. You guys are going to work hard, and I'm going to make sure you got Okay, Gene, thank you for congratulating us. It's almost like he was upset. There, there was no parade down no, Richardson. No. He seemed a little disappointed that this is what he had to work with. <laughs> <laughs> Very disappointed. Um, all right, uh, before we kick things off with the Jets, uh, the Gil Brandt Memorial Service was uh, yesterday yes. after, afternoon, and there was a whole lot of former Cowboys that were in attendance. A lot of gold jackets. Now, yeah, they said, wear those gold jackets. They did. They did. They told them to. Well, they listened, because mm-hmm. uh, by my list, uh, Troy was there, uh, Cliff Harris, uh, Bob Lilly, 
Um, Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson. Roger was there. Roger was there. Mel was there. Was there. Yep. And Scott Holly was standing in for Scott Chuck Holly. Chuck Chuck Holly. Holly yeah. uh, and I think those were the ones I that saw. That had gold jackets on. That had gold jackets on. There was a, uh, like eight of them, I think. I don't know how many I just said. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty impressive group. Mm. Uh, and a lot of the other former players showed up, too. Um, Timmy Newsom was there. Uh, Preston Pearson. Of course. Uh, John Fitzgerald. DJ was there. Mm-hmm. Chad Hennings. And Chad Hennings, that's how he, Gill was the one that drafted him when he still had to do Air Force mm-hmm. uh, service. Mm-hmm. I think they drafted him late, maybe in the 88 draft, 12th, 10th, 12th round, something like that. And then he actually got released early, and I think he made it there in 92 maybe mm-hmm. 91 92 mm-hmm. so yeah there was a it was uh it was nice it was nice and uh when, tony casillas was I, he there i didn't see him mm-hmm. i but i did for some reason he popped in my head i when I, I, I was like well casillas came after gill yeah was there uh, i understand i had to leave because i had to do tv at three o'clock i Never drove so fast on the whole way <laughs> in my life to get back here with one minute to spare, right? To get back, and it was like they would have forgiven you, man. They would, um, they would. But yeah, it was good, and and and, and you know the uh, I think it was the minister at the end talking about how we all, you know, hope that we make an impact on this world mm-hmm. while we're here, and talked about the impact that Gill made in so many different ways, not what just with the Cowboys, but with uh, the National Football League and some of the charities he worked at. I wish I could have gone to, uh, they had a reception at Dallas Country Club afterwards. I, I couldn't make it there. John Wooten was there, by the way. John's getting old. He's oh, in his, yeah. He's in his 80s yeah, now. Man. Yeah, yeah. But he's still getting still around, got so the, God still bless him. He's still got the spirit. He's still yeah. got the good spirit. And, and, and Drew gave a, an, an, a eulogy and... Uh, he was talking about how Gill would go places where no one else would go to find players. And uh, he goes in, you know, a lot of us were uh, overlooked. And he roses. Yeah, a lot of us. <laughs> he, right. raises, uh, he raised his hand and he goes, uh, hello, Cliff, just like that. <laughs> so it was, it, it was really nice. So it was a nice thing that Jones family was in there in entirety. So. It was a nice, uh, nice service. How about the uh, bond that players have after their careers? Uh, we were just talking about it. Gary Myers has a book out on the New York Giants. Uh, Once a Giant is the title of the book, and he's talking about uh, how the Giants players have, uh, you know, that they have their own fraternity from the Super Bowl teams that they had and so forth. It really is unique. Uh, you don't find any. I can't think of other professions where. Uh, you get a group that works together, and they have the opportunity to get together on down the road in life. You know? I, I know I only worked with uh, the Giants for a few years, uh, but, yeah, they consider me part of that, that clan. Uh, but I must admit, I think the Cowboys might have the closest mm-hmm. alumni group. Well, uh, part of it has to do, I think, with people here. yeah living here That's after true. they play. Which, by the yeah. way, I, I the, missed. The, the price of, just the city itself with yeah. the price of living. I here. missed one of the gold jacks. Tony Dorsett was there. Yep. And yeah. looking good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's had a, a nice recovery yes, he has. from good. where yes, he, he was had. at one How about Randy White? I didn't see Randy, no. And Randy, yeah, Randy's trying to do better. He's He's been doing better by himself. Uh, 
and and you, when you see him, you'll yeah. be happy. At, at and the progress. one person I wanted to say hi to, and I didn't get a chance to, Jerry Moat Motor, worked oh in the PR God. PR department. <laughs> Jerry Moat, wow, she was there. What She's still name. motoring along. Wow, <laughs> Jerry Moat, man, that's a name. She was an all timer. Mm -hmm. Still is, I should say. All right. Well, we got much to get to yes. on the uh, Jets and the Cowboys. Later schedule for the Cowboys today. We get into all of that when we come back here on Mix Shots. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese-to-sour-cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi, and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cool. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, and uh, Cowboys and Jets, 325 kickoff on Sunday. Game will be on CBS. Jim Nance and Tony Romo will be on the call. And, um, you know, looking at this Jets team coming off the victory, it was interesting um, – Driving in this morning, uh, listening to people talk about the Jets and what are they going to do at quarterback now? Right. What in the world are they going to do at quarterback? Who's out there that the Jets can sign? Tom Brady. <laughs> and, and that one has been nixed, I think, by Tom Brady himself now. And uh, and it's like it's crazy talk because uh, 
even if there was a Hall of Fame quarterback that was out of work right now, willing to come, he's he's not going to be able to step in right now <laughs> and do better than the one who's been in, in camp and with them for the last year. It's like they don't realize that Tom didn't just – when Brady came to Tampa, he didn't just come in like after the season started. He prepped with the team all off season. He learned the system. You know, he was ingrained in it, and all of a sudden now he's ready to play. But it wasn't – you can't just – Come just plug someone in. Just I see where uh, Fitzmagic is doing commercials. He's, he's available. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, I mean, even the talk of Chad Henney, uh, who retired. Right. And he was backing up uh, Mahomes in Kansas City most recently. But you look up, and, and what they do, they link it to, okay, Nathaniel Hackett's the offensive coordinator. And so who, who does he have a history with? Well, he was in Jacksonville when Henney was, in, was a backup in Jacksonville. And last time Chad Henney started a game in the National Football League was? Here? It was 2014. Oh. <laughs> 2014. It's been nine years since he started a game. And, okay, yeah, this guy's going to do better. There are a whole bunch of people in that Jets front office – coaching staff, you name it, who thought enough about Zach Wilson that they made him the second pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, they've hitched their wagon to Zach Wilson. So, um, I saw somebody got a hold of Bill Parcells to ask him about the deal with the Jets, and he goes, hey, they don't cancel the season. You know, things happen. I don't care who you are. No excuses. <laughs> right. And he goes, and in three weeks, he goes, you know, if they lose a game, they're going to be talking about the cornerback that missed the coverage or the wide receiver that dropped the ball. They're going to forget who's playing quarterback, mm -hmm. right? It's like injuries, right? You talk about injuries all week, and then the team gets beaten. And it's like, well, what the hell happened? Well, right. we're missing three starters. Oh, Nobody that, that wants to hear that. No. 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 You know, to your point on Tom Brady, uh, of course, when he went to Tampa Bay, that was the COVID year. COVID hit in March of that year, mm -hmm. and there was all the video that Tom Brady got his receivers out on football fields, uh, practice fields in uh, high schools in the Tampa area or wherever uh, to get him ready uh, get acclimated to his new receiving core and everything probably gave him a huge advantage over other teams in the league they were doing it more than anyone else was right. during that year That's well right. if you think about it they were they were getting after him it was like a legal gathering it's like you weren't supposed to be out in public right. in a group right, right? and they were gonna i don't well the nfl wasn't gonna find him but the city was a yeah. little worried but, about but it. the point is you, can't, is, you yeah. can't just show up right and oh yeah this guy's going to do better than someone who's already been right. there for uh, some length of time. So, and you know, when you think about it, the um, all the Jets have to do, and for that matter, I think the Cowboys can look at it the same way, is when you build a football team good enough to where you can lose your starting quarterback and still come close to reaching your ultimate goals, the San Francisco 49ers are a great example of that last year. I mean, when they, they lose Jimmy G, mm -hmm. well, they, first they lost uh, Trey Lance to begin the season. And then Garoppolo two games goes in. two games in, Garoppolo goes down, and it's the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> Mr. who's Irrelevant. able to win football <laughs> games for him. And then you look, before the Cowboys played on Sunday night, the most impressive team that took the field on Sunday was the 49ers. Was the 49ers. That's right. And and what Brock Purdy was doing at quarterback, but it was as the old uh, as the old 
Coach Parcells, you, I mean, if you're a bus driver, the game manager, I mean, but he, he looked very impressive. He didn't just look being, like he was magic. A, a, that's right. He looked that's like right. he was the guy. But he when you've built your team well enough where you can run the football, you can do – you have a very strong defense. That's what the Cowboys have done here With as well. With Cooper Rush. That's yep. right. That's the same and so thing. Robert Saleh was in San Francisco. All he has to do is look at that blueprint of what they've done in San Francisco and – tell Zach Wilson that's what you need to be. You just need to be Brock Purdy last year. And San Francisco did fine until they lost all of them. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. They yeah. didn't have anybody And then they had the a guy ball. that just showed up. <laughs> they lost him, too. <laughs> and that's, that's what happens when someone just shows up. You can't function at all. Uh, but really, I mean, I think the Cowboys can, can learn from that, too. Dak can learn from that, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, he's got a good enough team around him that you don't have to make uh, that extra throw. I'm pretty sure no. that's what they talked about the entire offseason. Yep. That's what the change in the offensive plan was, and you saw it in the game this past month, uh, Sunday night. He didn't try too much. You know, he saw where the game was, was headed. He saw that there was a shutout going. His defense was playing well. Don't force anything. Be like Eli. Remember Eli used to just throw the ball in the ground, and it didn't look pretty at all. But what did look pretty was the fact that he saved you from it getting a sack. Right. And then the next play, he throws a dime down the field. That's what you want. And you just put it on the shoulders of everybody else, right? It's like, hey, you got something to do with this. We can't sit here and, and just, you know, drop our heads and like, oh, woe's me. No, you got to go. And whether, whether we like to admit it or not, those quarterbacks out there, the Bradys, the Rodgers and all that, they've had help. They've had very uh, right. good help. Yeah, yeah. They didn't do it by themselves. When it's all said and done, you want to say this quarterback did this or this quarterback did that. But the truth is, if you look at the entirety of the film, it was done by the entire team. And it, not to say this is going to happen all season long, but Kansas City, the first game, right? Everybody, well, quarterback, you know, we got guys missing. Put it on your back. It is not Patrick that. Mahomes. One of the greatest examples of a recent fairly recent Super Bowl winning team that had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he put pedestrian numbers up, not even pedestrian numbers up mm-hmm. in some games. It was Peyton Manning with yep. the Broncos. That's right. I mean, his his stats from that season were horrendous. And well, then you, you, had they Von, you had Von Miller. You right. I keep to leave. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the hell of a defensive uh a team on the other side, and why not let them you know ride their backs every once in a Didn't while? Didn't you People win a Super Bowl them. without your starting quarterback? Oh, we won without the starting uh, quarterback and running back. We lost Rodney Hampton early in the season, and that's why oh, OJ. I forgot about that's that. Right. One. That's why OJ, OJ Anderson ended dude. up getting the MVP because we had nobody else. And Phil Simms was on the Phil way to Sims his went down broadcasting with his Achilles. career. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he had the Achilles went down against Buffalo. In uh, New Jersey, and after that, we struggled three and three, but we knew where we were going. We seems knew like that, that was a good deal. Seems like there's another team. Yeah, that, how about uh, that? Uh, happened to 2016. <laughs> there was a yeah quarterback that went down and started his broadcasting career, and <laughs> Dak Prescott did what he did that Actually, year. Actually, Parcells pointed out that on the same day in '99, Vinny Testaverzi. Vinny Testaverde mm-hmm. uh, tore his Achilles yep. the same day, 9-11, uh, in Giant Stadium. 
and he went to I forgot the next quarterback he went to, and then he went to Luke Lucas. Was that? Uh, yeah. Not, not Robert Luke. I forgot his first name. Anyway, they finished eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Almost made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So his point was, no one wants to hear this. No one's feeling sorry for you. Right. You have no time. So whatever the locker room is feeling, and they should. If I'm the Jets, I'm feeling pretty good. But I'm thinking I can win with Zach Wilson. My defense is ready to go. Let's go defense on defense. That's what they're looking at. Right. And they're going to look at the running game. We're going. They're going to see what they did well against a very good Buffalo squad. So yeah, this is going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. This is going to be. A, this is not going to be one of those forty. This forty burger. They needed the forty a, burger ain't coming. <laughs> they needed another. <laughs> they needed another episode of Hard Knocks because here's the Hard Knocks <laughs> right it, now. Right this the story is it, gets interesting right, right now. Yeah. And um, I mean, they they proved it against one of the best teams in the league uh, on Monday night, and there's no reason why they can't come in here and uh, put up a. Same time. Here's the here's the deal. They have put a, a, a what they believe is a Super Bowl contending team together around Aaron Rodgers. That's that's what um, Zach Wilson has around him this year that he didn't have last year. Is they have actually built this team to win now. That they they were they're farther along in their development by signing Dalvin Cook. And they got Brees Hall back. They mm-hmm. got a run game that they can uh, rely on. They ran for 172 yards. Yes. Mm-hmm. 172. Now, I know 83 was one run. Yeah. But even, yeah, if you, even if you take that out, you're looking at a very solid running game. When he took off from where he did and you saw him running, did you think of Dorsett going 99? Because I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is the second coming. All right. Uh, I've got a question I want to throw out. For you to, when we come back, time to think about it. I was asked the question today, and that is, who is the second best player on this Dallas defense? Oh, second best player on this Dallas defense. That answer when we come back here on Mix Shots. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. 
You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Back, back to mixed shots. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Dallas Cowboys football? Tell us how you spice up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan and win exclusive prizes plus a trip to the Super Bowl 58. Nominate yourself or another today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. All right. Uh, you mentioned uh, earlier about the Testaverde Achilles injury in the season opener in 1999. And so I was just, I pulled up a story on that uh, season for the Jets. And uh, they actually, they init- Parcells initially went with Rick Meyer. That's right. To That's... replace uh, Testaverde. <laughs> I couldn't remember. And then it was Ray Lucas. Okay. And in Ray December, December it. of that year, the uh, Jets came in here to Texas Stadium, and Ray Lucas led a fourth-quarter comeback to beat the Cowboys 22-21. to As they were on their way to an 8-8 eight and eight finish. That's right. All right. And so, and with the win, Lucas had a 4-3 and three record as the Jets' starting quarterback, third-highest passer rating in the AFC. And uh, But it, this was, well, it was funny. Parcells in the post-game interview, post-game press conference says, you guys had him out of here after the Green Bay game talking about <laughs> Lucas. Now you're giving him the job. <laughs> and Parcells said, uh, as the reason he went with Meyer instead of Lucas after Testaverde went down, I had a guy with 50 starts. I didn't know about Lucas back then. Now he knows about it. So that was anyway, yeah. All right, Dallas defense. Who is the second best player on this Cowboys defense? Such an easy call. There's so it's many. easy for a cornerback. Yeah, I guess. like Everson. The salaries say it too. Yes. After the recent <laughs> right. contract. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's taking so long. Well, go ahead. It's, it's Diggs. Come on. It's Diggs. It's, uh, you have, you know, of course you got Demarcus Lawrence, who is definitely worthy. You can, you can say what you want and make him, especially when you talk about last year, one of the most important players on the Cowboys defense. Mm-hmm. But with Michael Parsons and his superlatives, you want to put him up there. And Diggs has – his own superlatives that you can deal with. And we're talking numbers. 11 interceptions last year, second year in the league. Two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, then he's got, um, you know, uh, the, the big plays that he made against the he, Jets. Yeah, even starting off already, strong. Already against the Giants the other night. Giants, yeah. sorry. Starting off strong this year. Um, yeah, it doesn't know, have to be interceptions. It does not. I mean, he seems to be all over the field. And the way he made the plays, he salvaged them. You know, when the, when, the, when the ball was uh, caught by the guy on the quick slant, I mean, he followed him the whole way, tracked him down. I mean, it was a 24-yard reception, and if he, I remember. And he stayed on he top stayed of it with him. and stayed with it. Knocked it out. It wasn't by accident that that ball came out. That was clearly by design. Cowboys announced at the beginning of training camp who the second best player on this defense was. With right? a Day's salary. Five-year, <laughs> how much was it, 90, 84? 
uh, I have it written down as a five-year, $97 million 97. extension. I, I try not to even think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try not to even think about but, it. But came along. think about <laughs> some other players that – think about Stephon Gilmore. We just, we've just seen him in one game. Man, he, right. played, he played very mm-hmm. well. He played very – first of all, it was great interception. We didn't talk about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Trying to, to stop it from hitting the ground. They tried so hard to show it hit the ground, right? Well, it, it was a veteran not. move by him. Mm-hmm. He knew that camera was right there, so he turned yeah, right? his back <laughs> to keep the that? camera angle from being able to overturn the call on the field. <laughs> uh, but now that – you know, and not just that. Uh, he had a breakup, you know, that was uh, – and his uh, just the presence that he brings, the, uh, the veteran, the veteran, yes, yeah, leadership, and it's just a um, he's so calm, yeah, and it's a calming presence for the entire team. He's, I mean, he seems to have a presence over Diggs, you know. It yes. seems like they yes. have mm-hmm. a, a rapport to where, like, okay, I'm following your lead. Mm-hmm. I like that. There's a quiet confidence that everybody on the team can have, knowing that okay, we got this guy on our side now. Mm-hmm. Too. I mean, it's there's there's some guys they get off the bus and they're intimidating because of their size or whatever, you know, or, or you know Micah and the way he plays. But there and there's With others. Him, there's poise and presence. Mm-hmm. There's that, poise in his presence. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, and if there was. Another candidate, I I would have gone with Demarcus Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, sort of um, boy, what he does up front, so many different things. Unheralded, the run. it's unheralded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I they got, may have one I, I, on I, the come. That's <laughs> right, and and I think I'm thinking of the same person you're thinking of. Um, let's give it. Let's give it. Half a Talk season, another Talk full season. Talk to him. Osa. Osa Odigazua. Oh, see? He's, like that's that. what I said to the guy who asked me. I said, there's an under-the-radar guy who is now getting a little over the radar because he had two sacks in a, month, in a Sunday night game. But um, and he's he's been like that ever since he came to the league. How how was you his know? camp? I mean, he, we never I was really, going to say he was yeah. the best defensive tackle they had during training camp. Mm-hmm. You you saw it. He. He, you could see it last year. Presence. I was hoping that yes. he continued. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when you they were see talking about it. Yeah. Well, who's yeah. the three technique? Well, it's Osa. Mm-hmm. You can figure out who's playing next to him, right? Because uh, everybody, it was like all this attention on Mozzie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was the 27th pick in the draft. You know, that's getting close to the second round, by right. the way. Uh, but that three technique guy can make a difference. And uh, boy, he sure did. And 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 those guys, a lot of times, when they go to their change-up defense, he, he's not on the field. You know, they're using linebackers to line up as the as the defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I had his snap count here. He had Odigazua. Yeah, he had twenty. Uh, he only had twenty-seven snaps. Okay, thirty-nine percent. And got two sacks. And got two sacks. That's good. So that's pretty good production per play, right? And he also had four tackles. He had two tackles for losses, three quarterback hits. That's pretty good play mm-hmm. production there. Um, and for, maybe that says something for being fresh, too. You know, uh, here's a third-round draft pick, 75th overall, 
And he really showed it even in his rookie season. Right. And he had four sacks last year. You know, the thing that's so impressive about him, he is get off. Uh, he's just the way he plays, but he's got those long arms. Yeah, he's only he's only six one and a half, but he's got thirty four inch arms with an eighty four inch wingspan, and uh, he uses it to his benefit. And he's strong, even with those long arms. He had twenty five bench reps of two hundred and fifty pounds at the combine, uh, which shows how strong he is. Well, and, and, and it's something to be said for that low center of gravity. Mm-hmm. He has that as well. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to knock a guy like that over. You know, he's not tall and lean. I mean, he's already almost like a fire plug. You know what I mean? He's he's you know fire hydrant. He's ready to go, and you're not going to knock him over. He's going to be stable no matter where you hit him. You know, as much talk as there is in the NFC East about the defensive tackles in this division and what the Eagles have, even without Javon Hargrave, who's now with yeah. the 49ers, yeah. but Fletcher Cox for over a decade now, and the guys they've gotten out of Georgia, including Jalen Carter, who impressed in his first game. but And then the Alabama guys that Washington has on their front. Uh, and then the Clemson yeah. guy, Dexter Lawrence, <laughs> that, uh, well, here's a UCLA guy in Osa, who is holding his own mm-hmm. when you compare him to the other top-notch Pro Bowl-type defensive tackles in this division. And I, I, I see a few more games, but uh, to me, Damone Clark is going to be a baller. Uh, he, he only got to start five games last year, and the majority of the games he played were special teams. Um, but once he got back... Uh, I in training camp, so in this game, very silently, he had five tackles, uh, and uh, I think he can be a force in the middle. Somebody was talking about the Cowboys' problems at linebacker, and I'm going, hey, don't go to sleep on Leighton Vanderish. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and, and where would have Demone Clark been drafted if he didn't have the? Uh, he, neck he's issue. a fir- he's he, no lower than a second round. He might have been a first-round pick out of LSU. And he fell to the fifth round because yeah. of the medical. Yeah, absolutely. This guy can play, and he's big, he's strong, and he's fast. I don't know what else you need in a linebacker. And he seems to be really, really sharp. So um, watch out for him. But, again, the way they play it, those guys don't – what did he get? He had 46 snaps, so that was 66%. And some of that's skewered because those guys came off the field you know, late in the When you have a quarter. defense playing this well, everybody can't be on the tackle. Right? That's right. You can't that's give right. a half a tackle to that's everybody. Right. That's <laughs> like, like Osa, he had four sacks last year. Well, if Micah gets there before him, I mean, that's right. you can't get. And in this game, everybody was just salivating to get to the quarterback. What's interesting about the question that I asked is because I, I was asked it this morning by a guy who lives in Philadelphia. And I think, and he picked the Eagles to win the division. I picked the Cowboys to win the division. And uh, I, I asked him, but before I answered the question, I asked him, so who, who do you think is the second best player on this Dallas defense? And he mentioned, he first mentioned, so this is sort of a national perspective. Mm-hmm. He first mentioned Vander Esch. <laughs> and then he mentioned Dorrance Armstrong. We didn't even mention those guys, you know. But from a national perspective, they're watching that game. And they are seeing guys because we know all, who all the players are nationally. And this is a guy who follows the NFL, but he doesn't see a certain number and say, "Oh, well, that's Vanderesh," or right. that, you know. Right. 
uh, he he's watching his team, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's just seeing all these guys flying around making tackles, and he's going, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> they got a bunch of guys on that defense. Who's the second best guy?" Uh, and all they know is they keep seeing fifty five right. in the picture. And they're seeing fourteen. Right. Where'd this right. fourteen right. come from? So, yeah. Marquise Bell. <laughs> See, and and that's why when when people ask me about what the defense did and how shocking it was. I said it wasn't shocking to us that watched practice for a month. Yeah. We saw this. Nobody else saw it. Evidently, the Giants didn't see it either, right? <laughs> they saw it. Uh, they got to Eventually, see it, right? Yeah. But we saw this brewing in Oxnard that they ruined so many practices uh, because of the pressure they can put. I think McCarthy said they ended up counting 75% of the defensive snaps were pressures on the quarterback. You know what I told the guy in Philly? I said, there were games last year that the guy who did not even play in that game on Sunday night might have been the second-best defensive player on the field, and that was Donovan Wilson. Wow. I mean, there were some games You're last year. You're leading tackler. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Had five sacks last year. Which was a club tying record for a safety. And we haven't even Michael mentioned Brown. the – Bill Bates. Bill Bates? Bill Bates had five wow. one year. <laughs> and we haven't even mentioned the other two safeties. By the way, one of them was a first-round draft pick, and the other one was a free agent steal, right. Lee Cooker and J. Ron Curse. Well, they, they can't even make it to that level. The Giants couldn't make it to that level. <laughs> yeah, for them. So it's like when I was playing with the Giants one game, and we're playing against Barry Sanders. He had, like, toasted them for, like, over 100-plus yards the year before, and we were looking at the video, and, man, the guys were in there salivating. LT's going crazy. I got, we get into the game. I'm back there playing safety. I got nothing to do. I got nothing to do. I mean, that's just how strong they were they playing up front. They stopped them up front. They stopped them up front the entire time. Belichick calls me into the office and goes, hey, you got to do more. Do more what? <laughs> <laughs> you, got a, you got a squad here. I've never seen anything like this, much less played behind it. And and that's, that's what our safeties yeah. are looking at. The, the front seven is handling everything. So and we oh, just by make the sure way. no one escapes. That. Oh, by the way, the Cowboys also have a backup edge rusher who was the third pick in the draft once upon a time in Dante Fowler. Mm. That's right. And who's playing very well. <laughs> and, 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 very well. and he's doing playing his role, right? right? He goes, I'm kind of a designated pass rusher. I go in and give Demarcus Lawrence a break. And he um, does it well. Yeah, because I, I saw people, when they were given injury reports about all the starters the Cowboys had out. And it's like, okay. <laughs> We know it's not shock that Donovan Wilson wasn't going to play in the game. He's probably not even playing this week. I would imagine he's got to go through a ramp up, right? And then they were counting uh, Jordan Lewis as a starter. And it's like, no, he's not a starter. Uh, when he gets back, it's going to be an interesting dilemma they have to, is he active? Yeah. Because Deron Bland's the guy now, don't you think? I, I agree with that. I mean, after last year? And the first game? Yeah, come on. And but so... You- Somebody's gonna ha- if he's active. Somebody's got to sit. And I don't know. After you have a performance like that, who are you gonna tell that was on that defense? I don't think you're gonna make the. F- you know what I liked about Deron Bland as much as anything? Yeah, he had the pick six. Okay, right place, right time, made the play, whatever. I like the way he was playing at the end of the game. He was coming up and making tackles, playing right? physical. Not bad for a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just look at last year. And looking at last year, I just think that he proved himself beyond a shadow of a doubt. So we should get a maybe an update on Tyler Smith to see exactly where he is. 
uh, in this game if he's ready or if they got to give him another another week. But um, you know what? And we said it. I'll say it again. I might have been wrong on Adoga because he. He was more than serviceable in that game. I thought he played decently. If, if Nate, From what if Nate I is saw, pleasantly surprised, right? yeah. I'm happy. Right. That's and, all I got to hear. And speaking of Nate, as we close out this edition of Mix Shots, we got a text oh. from Nate in Frisco. He says, great show, fellas. Just joking. <laughs> and that's it for Mix Shots on a Cowboys Wednesday. And we will see you again and try to do better for Nate in Frisco on Thursday at noon. Uh, go Cowboys. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?